0: Another breakthrough for Taiwan's foreign relations, this time it's Central Europe. Earlier this evening, a Slovakian delegation touched down at Taoyuan International Airport, led by the country's deputy economics minister, Karol Galeck. The group is made up of members of the government, industry and academia. Members of the delegation constitute the highest level ever to visit Taiwan since the establishment of Slovakia's representative office in Taiwan in 2003. While in Taiwan, the group will attend the first Taiwan-Slovakia interministerial conference and discuss issues related to economics and trade, as well as education, R&D and tourism. India's multinational news channel Weon recently aired an in-depth report on Taiwan. The 15-minute program has elicited an angry response from the Chinese embassy in India, telling Indian media to adhere to the one-China principle and avoid sending wrong messages to the public. In response, a Weon news anchor says they will continue to report on Taiwan and thank China for the, quote, praise. Over the weekend, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu thanked the Indian news outlet for telling the truth about Taiwan.
1: Last month, on October 10th, Taiwan celebrated its national day.
2: From Taiwan's National Day celebrations to its natural scenery, culture, and economic and trade development, Wiyan's recent in-depth report, Taiwan, a force for good and the spirit of resilience, introduced Taiwan to its viewers. It included an interview with Taiwan's representative in India, Ge Baoxuan, so that the Indian public could gain a better understanding of the island nation. But the show triggered a strong reaction from China. A spokesman of the Chinese embassy in India, Wang Xiaodian, posted on Twitter to express firm opposition to the provision of a platform for Taiwan independent forces. Without naming the news outlet, he urged India's media outlets to adhere to the one-China principle and avoid sending wrong messages to the public. We took notice and gave a response. If Beijing hates us, rest assured we are doing something right. We have consistently reported on Taiwan, invited rather, many Taiwanese leaders on our shows, and we will continue to do so. Here's our message to Beijing. Keep watching our reports, keep tracking our shows, keep releasing statements, because there is no better praise for our work. Foreign Affairs Minister Joseph Wu took to Twitter on Saturday to thank Weon. Bravo for telling the truth about Taiwan, while the communists are incapable of telling the truth, Wu wrote. The bottom line is that the PRC doesn't rule over Taiwan, not for a single day. Yeo who goes by the moniker yo India, is a Taiwanese reporter who has spent eight years in India. She said the Sino-Indian border dispute has raised anti-Chinese sentiment Taiwan's in Indian society, India thereby increasing the public's here. attention on yeah. Taiwan.
0: In the past, when you saw Indian media reporting on Taiwan, it's probably mentioned in passing. But later, you start to see reports on some soft topics and special reports on Taiwan, even focusing on issues that China doesn't quite like, such as Taiwan's National Day. These things made China very upset. And once China got upset, how did India respond? They were very pleased. The public sentiment and the media sentiment reflect the governmental and political sentiments.
2: Yo pointed out that as anti-Chinese sentiment grows in India, Taiwan-India ties are being strengthened, offering a good opportunity for mutual exchanges between the two nations.
0: Four imported cases of COVID were reported on Sunday, while domestic cases stayed at zero. The CECC also announced that more than 60% of the population is now fully vaccinated, with nearly 4,000 people having received a booster shot. To speed up the inoculation process, a vaccination site has been set up in the west corridor of the Main Hall in Taipei Main Station. This new location is designed for walk-ins, so no reservation is needed. People who get a jab here will receive a 100 NT supermarket voucher. Let's hear from an administrator at the site.
2: Yesterday, around 2 to 3 p.m., we were assigned this task. Today, we dispatched a total of 20 nurses and 10 administrative staff. We also offered some 50 vials of Moderna today, which should contain 800 doses. Starting January 1st next year, for certain staff members supervised by the Education, Economic Affairs, Labor, and Health Ministries, we will apply more stringent vaccine inoculation requirements.
0: To continue raising the vaccine coverage rate, the CECC has tightened requirements for staff members of public schools, cram schools, karaoke parlors, board game stores, cocktail lounges and bars, as well as child care and long-term care centers. Everyone working at these venues must have received two vaccine doses for at least 14 days by the beginning of next year. In other words, they must be fully vaccinated by December 17th. The CECC is sparing no efforts to keep communities safe from the new COVID variant. According to the weather, northern Taiwan saw increased moisture on Sunday with brief showers occurring in the north and northeast. The Central Weather Bureau says the rain may continue into Wednesday with the heaviest precipitation occurring Monday morning. The mercury has also dropped with the lowest temperature at only 7.4 degrees in Shenzhou Sunday morning. However, by Thursday, the temperature will rise with highs in northern regions hitting 23 to 25 degrees.
2: The rain once again returned to northern Taiwan early Sunday morning. Coupled with the effects of radiative cooling in the western half of the island, the mercury came all the way down to 7.4 degrees in Xinju and 7.5 degrees in Miaoli. By noon, the temperature bounced back. Central and southern Taiwan warmed up to 26 degrees and northern Taiwan 20 to 22 degrees. But the warm spell will be short-lived. Increased moisture will bring rain to the north for yet another three
0: days. For today and tomorrow, the northeasterly winds will linger over the sea, bringing more moisture. The air will be more humid too, so we will see heavier rain along Jilong, the north coast, and Yilan today and tomorrow. Accumulated rainfall may reach levels of heavy rain.
2: Moisture will reach a high level on Monday morning on the north coast and the northeast may see heavy rains. Areas to the south of Shenzhou and Miao Li will experience the effects of radiative cooling, with a possible low of 14 degrees at dawn. On Tuesday, the northeast monsoon will strengthen again, but the cold gusts it brings will be dry and not as cold. Only the north and northeast will see scattered rain. The temperature will only go down by 1 to 2 degrees. The northeast monsoon will weaken starting Thursday along with lowered moisture levels. Fair weather will return to most of the island then. By weekend, temperatures may rise to 23 to 25 degrees in the north and around 27 degrees in the center and south.
0: In the next seven days or even up to 10 days, apart from a wave of smaller gusts of northeasterly winds on Tuesday and Wednesday, it will not be noticeably cold. The lows will stay at the winter average of around 17 to 18 degrees.
2: The weather will be more stable starting Thursday when the sun returns, giving people the opportunity to air their quilts. From December 12 to 14th, Greater Taipei may experience rainfall as the northeast monsoon picks up again.
0: Bookshops stocked with novels and stationery are a common sight on the streets of Taiwan. But in Jiayi County, there's one bookshop that's not quite like the rest. Its reason for being is not to make money, but to change the lives of disadvantaged youths in the neighborhood. Besides books, it offers free tutoring, free meals, and even cash prizes to kids who improve their grades. Tonight in our Sunday Special Report, we drop in on this extraordinary establishment to meet its founder and the kids whose lives it's trying to change.
3: Fresh from bed and still drowsy, this little girl in a ponytail is Wenling, a third grader at Xinjiang Elementary School in Jiayi. Every day, she wakes up at 6.10 to get ready for the day. Wenling's grandmother walks her and her sister to school, all while pushing a pram with their younger brother. It's a long 6 kilometer trek that takes the family about an hour to complete, and that's just one way. <laughs> After dropping off her two granddaughters at school, Ms Yuan takes her grandson back home. That's another six kilometers on foot. Ms Yuan's main source of income is collecting and selling recyclables. Through that, she's single-handedly raising her three grandchildren. Although she works hard for little money, Ms Yuan has no complaints. Her only wish in life is for her grandchildren to have an education. But these days, she's particularly concerned about Wenling, who's been bringing home poor report cards. Her school has diagnosed her with a reading disability, meaning she needs special counselling.
4: Wenling is in a special needs class. She was doing badly in school, so she went into a special needs class. Originally, I didn't even know. Then her teacher told me she wasn't doing well on her exams.
3: Besides the special education at school, Wenling also attends an extracurricular one on one tutoring class in Mingxiang Township. The tutoring venue only offers classes at night. During the day, it's a second hand bookshop. This man belting out a line of tongue poetry is Huan Jin Shan, the owner of the bookshop. As a child, he had to work the land every day, and his grades were among the lowest in his class. But that all changed when he was in eighth
0: grade.
1: There was a teacher. I don't know how, but she came to think that I was actually quite smart. She said, listen, teachers wear these nice clothes to class and they teach you things. Don't you think I look pretty classy? Let me tell you, I make more money than our entire family gets from harvesting two to three jia of land. I said, miss, is that true? She said, yes, just ask your father. So of course I
3: decided I wanted to study. Huang decided to throw himself into studying. He earned diploma after diploma, and eventually earned an MBA. He ended up making a salary of more than one million NT a year as the head of an exhibition hall of the Taipei World Trade Center.
1: During the Taipei International Book Exhibition, the place would be packed full of people seeking knowledge. It was then that I thought, my hometown doesn't even
3: have a single bookshop. Huang decided to open a second-hand bookshop in his native Minxiong Township. To get it up and running, he spent more than two million NT buying all sorts of second-hand books from stores at Guanghua Digital Plaza. Every underprivileged child who came to his store was offered a book, free of cost.
0: One and a
1: half months after opening, the shopkeeper gave me a call. She said, we've been open for one and a half months and only seven or eight people have come
3: in to pick up a free book. I thought, I spent millions on this and it's not working? Giving out free books did not kindle an interest in learning among the local children. Huang racked his brains for a new idea. He came up with something that proved irresistible. I said,
1: starting today, i any disadvantaged students will get 100 NT on top of their free books so they
3: can take the bus back home. And wow, did that fill up the shop! Huang's bookshop immediately began attracting a crowd. But just as he was ready to give himself a pat on the back, the mother of one of his young patrons told him something that came as a huge blow.
0: <laughs>
1: she said, Next time, we could just get the 100 NT and not take the book?" She said, every time, each kid brings back five or six books. They bring back five or six books that end up in a pile unread. My approach
3: wasn't working. I was mistaken. Huang realized that without providing a motive to read, giving out free books was pointless. It's 5 in the evening and the streets are filling up with people heading home from work. It's at this time that Huang's second hand bookshop turns into a study center. So okay? The children arrive and greet Huang as they walk in for the tutoring session. But first, they sit down in rows to enjoy a hearty meal. Huang says a full belly is crucial to have enough energy to learn. After dinner, they whip out their textbooks and get down to work. This girl with short hair is Ijun, one student who's been radically changed by the study center. Adrien's mother has trouble getting around, and so her father works long and hard to support the family. Adrien doesn't want to burden her parents, so she takes her time at the study centre seriously. Since coming here, she's improved by leaps and bounds.
4: Before I came to these classes, I was falling behind in my grades, but now my grades are good. I want to make my dad happy, and I want to be happy too.
3: For Wenling, her grades have gone up too, just one year after attending the extra classes.
2: First class, First,
4: she got 96% on a math test. Then, she scored more than 90% in three subjects. As her grandmother, anything I can do to help her improve in school is worth
2: it. After a little over a year of study, she's able to write characters with much greater accuracy. Before, she would always fail her Chinese tests. Now, she can manage more than 70% or 80%.
3: Over time, the students at Huang's second-hand bookshop have been able to lift their grades. Their motivation comes not just from a desire to prove themselves. It's also fueled by the prospect of a cash prize.
1: Number one in the class gets 2,000 NT. That's for monthly tests, not final exams. Number two gets 1,500 NT, and number three gets 1,000 NT. There are also prizes for improving on your own scores. If your rank goes up five places compared to the previous exam, you get 500 NT. If you improve by at least 30 points in any subject, that's also 500
3: NT. These incentives cost Huang nearly 20,000 NT every month. Including overhead and food, the cost of the study center puts massive strain on the bookshop's budget. Huang paid for it using his pension until it ran out. For the past 10 years, I paid
4: 120,000 to 130,000
1: NT every month. After burning through my pension, I had to get a loan from the bank. But seeing these kids turn their life around is so touching, who'd have the heart to stop?
3: The unassuming bookshop plants the seeds of learning and it waters them with care every day. Huang hopes the children will grow up with a desire to excel and to build a better future for themselves.
0: In other news, after three months of maintenance work, Taipei's Maokong Gondola will be once again open to the public. For the first time since it opened 15 years ago, the gondola had its cables replaced. It is now undergoing trial runs and will be open to the public on December 12th. Due to the gondola's closure, local shops have seen little business. Now a series of discounts will be offered once the gondola starts to run again, including packages that combine tickets and discounts at local shops, as well as New Year's Eve fireworks viewing from the gondola. Let's now turn to an organic agriculture expert in Zhanghua who is still contributing to the field in his 70s. Former head of Mingdao University Chen Shixiong is retired now, but he is keeping as busy as ever. The Zhanghua County Commissioner recently asked Chen to act as advisor on organic issues after taking a tour of his mini coffee farm. But Chen has some more surprising projects on the go. Let's see what they are.
4: Chen Shisheng can still blow a mean sax well into his seventies. The former dean of Mingdao University taught himself to play and finds time to practice whenever he can.
3: Playing the saxophone increases your lung capacity. Secondly, it's pretty fun. So long as you can read music, then basically you can play. So right now, I've learned just two keys E flat and B flat.
4: He's got a jazz drum kit too, which is his new favorite pastime. Sometimes keeping to the beat is tricky, and he might get in a muddle occasionally, but he enjoys himself and can entertain his friends.
3: Learning the drums isn't so easy when you're my age. The drums have all kinds of different things going on and lots of techniques. In the bridge, well, there's a little drum in between the two big ones, and then a big drum in between the two little ones. That's all very tricky.
4: Since retiring as head of Mingdao University, Chen has picked up lots of gadgets, like this coffee roaster. In his fields, he planted 100 coffee trees and wants to follow the whole process from growing the bean to roasting it. He's making a research project into coffee fermentation.
3: You can use the skin too as a drink. When you hold it, this bean is very special. See, it's such a dark color, isn't it? This is fermented coffee.
4: Zhanghua County Commissioner Wang Hui-mei made a special visit to the farm, and she recognized Chen's contributions to organic farming. She's asked him to consult for the county government to develop the quality of local organic produce.
3: The most important thing is to teach our young farmers how to develop sustainably. I just saw how, with only a tiny plot of land, the professor was able to produce millions of dollars' worth of produce. I think that's something our young farmers should come back to Changhua to learn from.
4: Whether it's jazz, agriculture, or even beekeeping, Chen puts his heart into everything he sets his mind to. Making the most of retirement, he's sharing his knowledge with all who want to learn and making every day count.